Welcome to the Present and Sober podcast with your hosts, Sam Goldfinch and Ellie Crow. If you want to make your life bigger, not smaller, then this is the podcast for you. If you can sense that you're destined for more and you're curious about how drinking could be holding you back, listen in and come on this journey with us. Through the interplay of mind and body practices, we will help you elevate your daily life and discover the wonder and potential of going alcohol free. Let's make life bigger together. Lovely people, happy Tuesday. We're, oh, today's going to be such a great show. We've got Megan Brooks back on with us. And, you know, after the first two episodes that we had with her, we knew it wasn't quite um, finished. And she really felt like that as well. That there was more that she wanted to say. And her expression of how she moved into a place of self-love um, and the process that she's been through uh, was was quite emotional. It was quite an emotional episode, really. And I, I saw so much of my journey in, in Megan's words, and I think Ellie did too. And it's just amazing. So, you know, get ready. It's such a great show. And if you haven't listened to part one and part two of Megan's kind of like story or podcast, then then go back and check those out because um, they're they're awesome and they're a really great lead up to this. So awesome. I'm going to hand uh, hand over to us guys and uh, see you there. Hello, lovely people. It's podcast Tuesday again, and we've Ooh. got our super returning guest. Miss, 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 Mrs, Mrs. Yeah, technically Mrs, but I prefer Ms. Actually, if you're asking. Megan Brooks. Hello. Megan. Hi. Hi. So Megan is. Uh, if you're new to the podcast, you may not know who Megan is. So please do go back to episodes ten and eleven, which were our first guest episodes with Megan. Megan is um, a client, a uh, client of mine from Group small group coaching back in February and I originally met Megan when I was coaching in the live alcohol experiment and Megan was a participant and then she came into my little coaching group and we had Megan on a little while ago because her story was just so jam-packed full of all of the stuff that we talk about on on here and she has this wonderful energy that is get just so aligned with why this podcast exists and the message that we're trying to convey. So we wanted to get her back for a couple of reasons. We had such a great response to her episodes from listeners out there. So thank you for all getting in touch and letting us know what you thought about those episodes. Megan is not too shy of nearly 300 days alcohol free now so it's kind of a nice time to get her back to talk about like the next part of her story and how that's unfolding because as we know when you head towards a year alcohol free it's like you know it's a different vantage point at 10 days 30 days 90 days and heading up for a year it's a a different ball game altogether so Megan's going to give us a really nice update as to what's happening with her and what else she's learned. And she's got some really interesting bits to talk about. So just before I hand over to Megan, uh, we, I'm just going to reference back to an episode that we did, episode number five, right up at the beginning of the site in the podcast, where Sam and I recorded an episode called Why You Might Be Stuck. And this was specifically about layers, what we call layers of belief. And the, the three layers of belief uh, the most outer layer is beliefs about substance, and they sound like I drink to relax, I like the taste. We then have uh, the next circle in, which are beliefs about 
society and they are beliefs that uh, to do with our connections with other people. So they sound a bit like, oh, how am I going to go to that social occasion if I'm not drinking? How am I going to relate to my partner if we don't have date night together drinking? And then the, the real core uh, level of belief is um, level of beliefs is about self. And this is the really usually quite sticky stuff that comes down to one of a couple of things. It's usually about self-worth. We all have some combination of all three layers and the latter two society and self are particularly important because that's often really where we get stuck and this is why coaching can be so transformative for people because somebody that's sitting outside of your stuff can see it much more readily than you can when you're in the thick of it yourself so I just wanted to tee that up because where we're headed with Megan is a, a deep, dark delve into herself. Psyche. <laughs> in a really good way. So Megan, yeah, Megan, Megan was referencing to me that this was kind of the most critical layer for her. And in, in doing the work, we talked a lot about the work in the last uh, episodes. And this is really where she found a lot of joy in doing the work. So... Megan, you can take over and I'll get back to my tea. All right. Well, thank you. Um, and thank you so much for having me back. Um, I had so much fun the first time and it was lovely to hear um, that some people listened and that they um, that they got something out of what I said, because this is obviously quite a vulnerable experience. And so now I feel kind of uh, even braver um, and I want to dig into a bit more detail about um you know this self layer for me and and what that looked like and I think Ellie um the reason that this kept coming up for me and the reason that I felt compelled to come and talk to you guys again um, was a couple of things and one was that I think with dis- a bit of distance from the first few months of this journey and a bit of time and a bit of clarity, it's quite easy for me to look back at it now and see what was happening. Mm. But when I was going through it, it wasn't as easy to see the big picture. What is it? You can't see the wood for the trees or mm. that saying? can see the label inside from inside the jar. That's my favourite. I love that one. There, see? And I think now with a bit more time, I mean, because I, I can honestly tell you at day 276 today as we're recording, um, I don't think about alcohol that isn't and and I hope that for most people listening if you're still drinking if you're sober curious if you've recently quit drinking that that doesn't feel unrelatable that instead that feels quite hopeful that in your quite near future if you keep going with the work that you're doing in the journey you can get to a point where you really it is not about alcohol anymore for me I understand that that was a big piece of my journey this year but it's not something that I'm actively battling or struggling with on a daily basis um I kept thinking about as I was thinking about okay what was that journey because I know in the beginning those for the first two layers were a big deal and in fact it's one of the reasons that I love looking back on my journal and one of the reasons that I'm such a journal pusher because um not only is it helpful to sort out your thoughts but to go back and be able to see oh 
you know, that's where I was on day one. And that's what I was scared of, which seems so, a lot of it seems so foreign to me now. And I can't, I can't always really quite remember until I go back and read my own handwriting and see. Um, and I can see in the beginning of my journal, a lot of talk about the substance itself and really learning, you know, what it is and that it doesn't, you know, it doesn't eat stress. In fact, it creates stress and it creates anxiety and it worsens depression and, it, you know, all the, all the bad things that, that you could learn from reading books and consuming content on the internet to then you can see quite quickly my journaling switches to how I fit into society. And there's a lot of talk about social events and how I'm going to handle that. And then quite quickly, um, you know, after I joined your coaching group in February, bear in mind, I, I went alcohol free January 3rd was my first official day. Um, and then you can see by mid-February, end of February, a lot of this is all about self. I've kind of, you know, got the, the first two layers pretty much solidified and now I'm really working on self. So as I kind of reflect on that, I thought maybe it would be helpful to provide, at least for me, what the framework was, even though I didn't know it was a framework as I was going through it. And share maybe some specific things some specific tools that were helpful to me as I was working through that self layer does that make sense I know I just rambled for a bit does that all make sense it Sounds makes great. total sense and and this yeah. is one of the things that I often refer to with people um so I, I affectionately call it the bag of crap right? so, so when you when you rem, when you remove alcohol and you stop drinking Mm-hmm. there's obviously there's immediate benefits and I, I found a lot of excitement in the newness of it and the the fact it was subversive and different but you are you are living naked right as as God intended and you don't have that uh that way to numb anymore so you feel everything absolutely yeah. everything and inevitably when you start feeling stuff again, things things come up, um, and, and and in my case, a lot of stuff came up from my past and my childhood, and it makes a lot of sense when you look at it. You go, oh my god, yeah, I've been suppressing this for twenty five plus years, mm-hmm. and I've done a really good job of escaping it effectively. But now I don't have that. I don't have that ripcord to pull to parachute off somewhere. Like, what what am I going to do? You mm-hmm. you then faced with dealing with it and and the one little message that I'd love to just leave here for people is like the, don't be scared of this because mm. it can feel I remember at one point it feeling insurmountable like how the hell am I going to deal with this do I even want to open the box anymore and find out what else is in there and I, talk, I remember talking to Annie about it, Annie Grace, one day on the Mastermind, and she said to me a couple of things. Number one, she said, it's marvellous and amazing that this is coming up for you and that you are facing it because what it means is that growth for you is on the way and effectively your life's going to expand because of it. So welcome it in as a good thing, um, which is obviously a, a, a mindful reframe that can be very, very helpful in terms of how you feel about it. So instead of feeling fearful about it, feeling, you know, at, at it doesn't even need to be feeling good about it, but accepting it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the second bit was she said to me, 
it might not feel like it because you can't you can't see the top of the mountain because all the clouds are there but she said you're just the awareness side of things means mm-hmm. that you are 80 percent there so then you've just got that last little bit of the mountain to climb and I remember being on this call with her thinking oh fucking hell I hope she's right <laughs> I hope she's right because Jesus Christ if she's not like this is this is big this is big stuff and um she was right she was right I still had some work to do but it wasn't the insurmountable thing that I could have talked myself into it being. So there is some real, it it takes courage, of course it does, but with the right support and the right tools and tactics and resources, which is what this episode's all going to be about, Mm -hmm. then it's absolutely something that you can face. And when, when you go through the kind of stuff that you're going to talk about, Megan, it builds emotional strength and resilience like nothing else Mm -hmm. um and so when you talk about not even thinking about alcohol anymore Mm -hmm. that that's because of every every piece of work that you've done and the foundation that you've built it's just you know you've you've got right that that sticky core of self that I talked about right up front you got right in there and pulled it all apart and um revealed all the goodies so bloody good for you (laughs) thank you yeah and I think the other thing is just to take your time with it like there is no I mean I'm going to talk about how I moved through the pieces that I've moved through I've still got a lifetime of work to do but um just to to take small bites of the elephant and just take it one step at a time and do what feels good and comfortable and right to you I think is Mm. important yes that's a really good point and recently I heard Annie talk when Annie was interviewed by Laura McCowan on my favorite podcast. Tell me something. I true. love that episode. It's it was awesome. If if you okay. haven't listened to that, please do go and listen to it because it was just it was such a wonderful conversation and a very different conversation for Annie to be having. It wasn't the typical way that she's been interviewed in the past. Mm-hmm. But the the big takeaway that I had from that episode was just as you say, Megan. It's it, it takes time. It takes time, and it takes it takes. Uh, we talk a lot on uh, on our podcast about being intentional and being deliberate, but there was kind of this permission of, you know, like if, if she's been going for three years mm-hmm. in this work, then, and I'm just at, at the beginning, then I've got some time to like, you, you can't compare where you are with somebody else. And just as you've also alluded to, it is a lifetime's work for sure. It is. Um, it's, it's not it's not something that you you know there's kind of like the six steps to deal with it and then you're done and then the rest of your life you're you know got got nothing else to do it's a lifetime's work and I think this is why for some people they can kind of be put off by that they might not be ready for that Mm -hmm. um and 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 language is important right because we talked in the previous episodes we talked about the work being the joy and this this whole connotation of work like I don't fucking want to do that (laughs) I want to enjoy myself thanks very much yeah yeah I know well and then some of it in the beginning does feel hard and I've I was thinking the other day how (laughs) again like super vulnerable moment but I mean there were a few months in there where I I cried a lot (laughs) I mean, there were tears. There was, there were like a breaking open of a kind of inner core of myself that I didn't know needed to be opened up, if that makes sense. Um, so, yeah, some of it does feel hard, but my God, is it worth it? 
I mean, if you can push past those pieces and get to the other side where we're feeling everything feels like the biggest privilege that you could be offered and doesn't feel scary anymore if you can get there it's so worth it it's so worth it it's an amazing I could not agree more the other really beautiful thing that happens is that a lot of people talk about am I gonna have to do this work around alcohol forever and it's like (laughs) the work we do at the beginning to become alcohol free or to go through the process it shifts it's focus and it's the sort of the same stuff but it changes character and it becomes the things that we do to be better humans and to grow so it's not like oh i'm going to be like having to do this stuff every day in this slog this idea of the effort it's like no it's like if we want to grow if we want to be at the edge of our comfort zone and pushing ourselves into being the best version of ourselves this is the journey that all humans are on and you know we can we can walk the path or we can we can not and Mm -hmm. so actually the gift of being pushed to walk the path because of the alcohol piece as it then evolves into this beautiful acknowledgement of like, whoa, actually this work is just, I want to do this. I want to invest in this for a lifetime. That's amazing. Um, and I guess that's kind of like the world that you're, you're in, which is, yeah, it's, it's, it's a gift. It feels like a gift, right? A privilege, exactly how you put it. What an amazing way to put that. It does. And it's also a gift that, you know, I, I feel very grateful to certain people. Ellie would be a big part of my journey and, and, and several friends that I've relied on a lot. But ultimately, I'm most thankful to myself, Sam. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I, that is a gift that I have given to myself. And, you know, I was thinking as well about how as humans, as you were talking, you know, as humans, we are literally designed to grow. Mm-hmm. And the only thing that really stops growth is death. I mean, that's when our cells, they stop you know, they stop replicating, we stop growing, and we're literally designed for this. And if you're not, if you're not learning, and you're not growing, and you're not changing, that would, that could feel really, really bad. This is, this is what we're made for. This is to me, I was telling someone yesterday, um, a good friend of mine, I was saying to her, I don't feel like she had asked me, how's, how is it? It's one of, you know, the girls that's in my inner circle on this journey. And she said, how is it living on that rainbow? And I said, you know, it's funny because it doesn't feel like a rainbow anymore. It feels like I'm living the life I was always supposed to. This feels right. So, yeah. Oh, God, I love that. The life I was supposed to. Yeah. God, don't make me cry, love. (laughs) No, not this early. Not yet, anyway. Not yet. So I was... All of this, you know, I've been thinking, and it's funny how probably like every month or so at this point in the journey I have like a new revelation or you know something where I go oh god I didn't even realize that that was a thing and I can't I'm so excited to be you know two years down the line three four five I can't even imagine what that's gonna what that's gonna feel like um I was thinking about um I'm a big Oprah fan um I mentioned her a lot I, I love her and I was thinking about how one of her episodes I was about um, eating disorders and there was a there was a girl on there and this 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 specialist the therapist was saying to her you just need to nurture your body you just need to feed yourself and she turned around and looked at her I get chills talking about this if anyone's seen the episode they'll get chills too um and the 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 girl suffering with eating disorder turns around and looks at the specialist and she says but how how and that's what I keep I keep thinking about that I keep thinking that it's one thing, you know, the stuff we've been talking about, 
it's it, it's true and it's aspirational and it's poetic and it's lovely, but it doesn't really get to the nuts and bolts of how you move through this journey and how, for me, my number one goal coming into this experience this year was authenticity. That was what I came in wanting. I wanted to be able to be my most authentic self and live with clarity and purpose and presence. And, and actually, I mean, that's really important to me. Don't get me wrong, but I found something better. And that is self-love. Like that is that layer of self for me, the ultimate, at least for where I am now and they sit 276, maybe it'll be something different in six months. But for where I am right now, that kind of the pinnacle of achievement of my experience this year has been this result of self-love. Um, and probably a month, well, maybe a month ago, maybe six weeks ago, something like that. I just, I can't explain the feeling. I'm going to explain how I got there, but I can't explain the feeling any better than I then I woke up one morning and I was completely in love with myself. And I it, like, I know that probably makes me sound like an asshole. I know it probably sounds really good. <laughs> it really doesn't. It really doesn't. You're not feeling yourself the way I'm feeling myself. And it, it, it comes with a ton of, you know, I <laughs> also, I am humble and I, I do, I, I don't, I'm not someone who, you know, um, I can't think of a non-crass way to say this. Like, I, I understand that I have faults and flaws and all that stuff. But despite all that, or because of all that stuff, I absolutely love myself. <laughs> and I have never felt like that before. And I, I wonder if there are some amazingly evolved or lucky humans that just live their entire lives like that. Probably, maybe, I don't know. But for me, until the age of 41, I never felt that. Yeah, I'm, I'm t- I am 100% with you. And I, I often wonder that, like, do, do, does anybody, because like when we're born, right, we have that like one right. of ourselves and yeah. um mm-hmm. we we recognize that we're absolutely whole and then shit starts to happen to us and it and it's not necessarily that parents are neglectful or of course there is that and, mm-hmm. and it can be horrific but it's not necessarily you know like everybody's a human being doing their best right and but, but stuff does happen to us in childhood and adolescence and adulthood too. And um, I, I, I understand exactly where you've got to because it was the strangest feeling for me too, having felt that I just wasn't good enough my entire life. Mm-hmm. I'm not good enough. Um, God, I, oh God, I'm going to cry. Yeah. Um, it's yeah, and, and so this isn't like Megan's not saying, "Oh, I love myself. I've got you know my lovely, my lovely jumper on, and I'm looking fat." It's, it's, it's no. it, it isn't that kind of love. It's no. this recognition that you are absolutely whole and perfect, just as you are, with all of your flaws and with everything that's happened to you. Mm-hmm. Um, it's and it, yeah, I. I it's 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 so tricky I think to talk about this sort of stuff because it's you, you, like you have to experience it right I never if, if you if I so I'm coming up on two years alcohol free mm-hmm. if you dumped me back a couple of years ago like I would have rolled my eyes at self-love 
<laughs> really. Um, but it is, it is a journey that you get to through, I think, a lot of the things, the steps that you want to talk about, which for me, I recognized, I think like one of the earliest steps was just acceptance of myself mm -hmm. and accepting the things that had happened to me in my childhood and my adolescence and forgiving myself. Um, I don't want to say too much because I don't want to kind of steal your thunder with where you want to go, but very in line with how I feel too. I but really, just... you're talking about the kind of love it's it's an unconditional love it's not specific it's not I love myself because I have exactly I have you know um nice eyes or because I have good hair or because you know it's not it's not nothing like that it's an unconditioned the only thing I can equate it to is how I feel about my son exactly you know how I it's and and maybe for me becoming a mother maybe that did help as well that I could kind of see here like myself in him somewhat that that kind of I, I don't know if that helped but that's the, the the closest kind of love I've ever experienced to the way that I currently feel about myself you're, um you're loving the piece of you that is the same in all of us it's the mm -hmm. it's, it's the it's you know in, in yoga we talk back to yoga like devotional yoga and just I think the fact you feel like we feel like we have to qualify what we mean by this Megan is about the story out there of like what yeah. loving yourself means the vanity piece the ego piece when actually we're loving the unconditional piece you know with your son it's like you love him unconditionally and it's it's the same piece that you're loving yourself it's not as you've said because you're this because you're that it's not the vanity thing. It's way deeper. And we don't have a story about that in the West. Most of us mm. don't have a story about that. Love is through things and love is through consuming. And, you know, we, we don't have this idea that like we're all worthy and th there's nothing we need to do in order to complete ourselves. We're already there. The journey is to the, to the space that already exists. Um, I mean, why do we feel, I was thinking about this this morning. I can't believe I just did the thing that I was thinking I didn't want to do, which is why do I feel like I need to qualify the fact that I'm flawed? You know, why do, why do I feel like I need to say I have faults and I have flaws? And what's wrong with me being perfect? What is wrong with that message? That we, we're told that we're not supposed to feel that way about ourselves. Society, and, all right, I'm going to go on the soapbox for a minute, but it's all about consumerism because the worse we feel mm -hmm. about ourselves, the more we need to consume as a society. Mm -hmm. I need Botox, I need face cream, I need this, I need that. I need a bigger house, a bigger car, a better life because I'm not enough. And actually, like, if you can get to the point where you realise that you are perfect and love yourself unconditionally, you start to realise that the stuff doesn't matter as much. Yeah, yeah I mean, this, this is the whole thing about uh, dying before you die, isn't it? Mm -hmm. um that's a, that's an Eckhart Tolle reference from the power now stripping um, back everything to the point where yeah exactly it's just that that piece that piece where you are already complete where you're already whole um because I can't like I, I sorry I just I can't imagine anything sadder than being on your deathbed and then having this realization god yeah it's, it's kind of for me it's bad enough having it you know 40 <laughs> 39 40 and then by shit right I've got some time to make up now um it's you know and I'd like it's not that I regret the past like I it 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 was exactly as it was meant to be mm -hmm. but whenever I think whenever I contemplate people that 
like I was going to be that person that was just striving all my life for some, some point in the future where I was going to be happy and whole and fulfilled. And if I continued the way that I was, and if I drank, I'd have never got there. I'd be that person on my deathbed, then having the realization of what life's really about. Yeah. And that was scary, scary, but we're not those people. We're okay. No, we're good. We're, we're now going to get some more merch. We've got new t-shirts coming. Courtesy of Megan that say, I love myself. Hashtag humble, wasn't it? Hashtag humble, yeah. I think I prefer, I love, I'm in love with myself. I think that's the, the more extreme. But yeah, so anyway, all that said, see, I said I wasn't going to go on and on, and I have, but um, I wanted to talk about what, as I was journaling, obviously, thinking about this road to self-love for me, and I came up with six big chunks of stuff steps you know kind of rungs on the ladder that I kind of feel like I navigated through I'm going to talk about each of them a little bit and just bear in mind as I'm talking kind of couple things if you again if you haven't listened to the episodes we did earlier was it 10 and 11 where I tell a bit more about my backstory I think it's important to know that coming into this I'd already done quite a bit of therapy and I'd um, kind of done a lot of recovery work from some pretty significant childhood trauma and neglect. So that kind of is going to come up a little bit. So I just wanted to provide that as a backdrop. The other thing is that I didn't, when I'm going to talk about these steps as if they're linear and they're really not. So as you know, you're going through your own journey, you may experience these things in a completely different order. And I certainly you know, I, I can even in my mind think, well, I was doing this and then I was doing that. And then I went back and I did more of that. And so you kind of are going back and forth and there's certainly a cyclical nature to some of some of this work. So, all right. So for me, and I've tried to make all of these start with the word self to tie back to what our initial topic was. So for me, I think the first thing that I needed was a um, deeper level of self-awareness. So that was first for me was, um, I think taking away alcohol, taking away that numbing agent allowed me to get to a deeper level of self-awareness. Even though I felt like coming in, I'd already built quite a bit. Um, things that were helpful to me, though, to really explore more of myself and understand more about who I was, therapy. I'll keep saying that over and over again because I think it's so helpful if you haven't done it. Talking talking to friends, finding people, finding like-minded individuals, finding people who are on the same journey as you, finding a community and having people to, to actually verbalise, to talk um, your story and to talk through ideas. Um, journaling, massively important for me and self-awareness. I, uh, I mean, even still today, I write things down. I'm like, God, I didn't even know I felt that way. Mm-hmm. But just the, the process of writing really helps you to dig a bit deeper um, and reading too. I've read so many books this year, like my Kindle and my Audible. I've read, I listen to most of them, let me be clear, but when I have to, I'll do a Kindle book. Um, but I've done a lot of reading this year and a book that I mentioned in one of the other episodes, I'm going to mention here again, because I do, with hindsight, I think it was one of the most important books that I read was called uh, What Happened to You? And that's by Dr. Bruce Perry and of course the lovely Oprah Winfrey. Um, that's a really good audible if anyone feels like picking it up um, but it's a good listen um, that it's kind of done in a very conversational way and it helps you understand 
how how we how our brains are formed really it talks about the nervous system it talks about how we process trauma um whoever you are whether you've had a lot of trauma in your life or not I think you'd be surprised if you gave that book a read of how informative it is and how it helps you reframe some of your behaviors in terms of actual scientific kind of like the brain development like how that was formed it really was it was really really helpful to me um I also think through some of that self-awareness work you can it allows you to get a lot closer to that inner voice that we've talked about that intuition um and to, and to kind of fine-tune your ear and really start to listen um and and I think that that inner voice I'm going to talk about this in more detail in a minute but for me the inner voice and the inner child which is where I'm going with this um topic um they're so closely related like that feeling part of you that non-thinking intuition soul whatever you believe whatever you know whatever you think that is I think that my the the the, the level of self-awareness that I got to in those first few months got me a lot closer to that that kind of core of who I am um, of course, while I was doing that work was the time that I removed alcohol. And so I think as a result, that helped me get to the next step for me, which was self-respect. I think that I had, you know, the, the you know, drinking, certainly, you know, if I drank to excess, we all know what that looks like. We know that that creates, uh, you know, layers of shame, um, it also can, um, like we were talking about, kind of numbs the edges and maybe makes you behave in, in ways that are not always your best self. <laughs> whether you're drinking or whether you're hungover or whether you're, you know, you're wanting to drink, I think that we can sometimes behave in ways that cause us over a, a lot of years um, that we lose maybe a bit of self-respect. Um, and so I think removing alcohol at, while I was doing some of the self-awareness work, getting rid of that shame that was associated with that helped me gain back self-respect. And that went right into trust. So self-trust, which was, um, I think, you know, what I was thinking about with this, with the trust piece is I read a book about potty training. So when you are potty training your kid, um, it's the first developmental milestone that they go through where they have cognitive control over, over a developmental life milestone. And what they get as a result of this is this massive amount of pride and they start to trust themselves. It's really fascinating from a psychological mm. perspective. That book, by the way, is called Oh Crap, Potty Training. If anyone's potty training a toddler, it's great. Um, and I was thinking about that as adults as well. When you make a commitment to yourself, when you cognitively engage in a process to improve your life, you get the self-respect and you also just trust yourself more. Like you all of us, I remember saying to you one day, Ellie, like I was driving in my car and I all of a sudden felt like I was a better driver. Like I had this subtle feeling of just feeling really on point and present and like a better version of myself. And I, I felt like I could do things a bit more outside of my comfort zone. Driving is in my comfort zone, but I've always felt like quite a bad driver. And through this process, for some reason, that was one of the things that, that for me kind of all of a sudden I felt like I was, that I could trust myself more. I don't know. Does that make sense? 
Yeah. Mm. 100%. The identity <laughs> thing is huge. And the identity thing is a massive part of like not having to feel like you're efforting all the time because you become that person who feel who is a good driver you become that person who doesn't drink you become that person and then you're not someone who is trying to be a good driver trying to not drink and there's the efforting and the struggle starts to fall away and it's just you know it, it means that it's not just about being present but you feel just more engaged in life you feel excited by the game of driving your car by the all of it just becomes this like boom. And then the need to motivate yourself shifts and changes as well because you're being pulled by life rather than having to push yourself. It's exactly right, Sam. You just said that so much better. Yes, and I I think I'd felt a bit like I was in an observer mode before Mm -hmm. that. And all of a sudden I felt in my body. And I remember vividly saying to you, Ellie, like I was driving around and it was around the time when I got my Alexa in my kitchen and I started listening to music again, which had been something that I'd I'd kind of lost. And I just remember driving in my car, listening. I think I was rocking some Whitney Houston or something, you know, circa 1989 and singing and driving and just feeling so happy and present and in control and I was like, God, this is weird. I mean, I drive every day, but this is a new, this is a new experience. And I think, you know, if I pinpoint where that came from, it was building the self-awareness, gaining back self-respect and starting to trust myself again. Um, That, you know, built, built definitely a sense of pride and it helped me. The other really nice side effect of that is it helped me to better establish boundaries Mm. Trusting my intuition, listening to myself, knowing that I know me and I know what's best for me, and then asserting boundaries in a still in a loving, hopefully generous way. Um, and you see how these things just then build on each other. You start to, you know, have self-respect, have self-trust, and then you can create boundaries. And then the more boundaries that you can create, more healthy boundaries you can create, the more you trust yourself and respect mm-hmm. yourself. There's the, the thing that comes to mind for me is this, this very sweet exchange. So when you have that feeling, and I loved how you brought it to life because it is a shift, like Sam says, from efforting to this feeling of trust in yourself. And th- there's, there's this just wonderful exchange that happens when when you trust yourself in the way that you're describing, you, and, and it's a visceral thing, you feel it, um, you're not willing to abandon yourself anymore. And wow. yeah. that, uh, like I have this phrase that I use a lot, like in my social media and with clients, and it's compelling people to stay with you, like with yourself, like you never, when you've got that feeling, you never ever want to abandon yourself again. I felt like I'd abandoned myself for many, many years through self-sabotaging behaviors. And just as you describe, Megan, there's kind of like this realization and understanding through reading and knowledge and awareness of, well, what happened? Why was that the, the way that it was? And this may be a bit me, like I need to know the how and the why. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Oprah book, I'm definitely going to be reading that because that that talks to the scientific part that I like. I like to know why and how things work. Um, but it's it, it it's just this wonderful 
secure place to be that when you haven't had that so like I've spent all my life thinking I'm not good enough and not like I wouldn't say that I hated myself but I like I'd I didn't, I didn't have that love and trust in myself. And when you do have that, it life, life is just so different. And I think that's for me, that's where the peace that I feel in my life. And, and, and I'm talking about people, I've got three kids and three dogs and live in a very loud house. It's not like, I don't mean peace as in serenity all the time, quiet all the time, Yeah. but it's the, the inner peace and it doesn't matter what comes up in life. I know, I know that I'm never going to abandon myself again, ever. Marcus Aurelius said to be like the rock with the waves crashing around it and the rock that never moves. And it, once you can seek your own counsel and you realize that no one knows you like you know you, then even if everyone is telling you that what you're doing is not right, you know, if you, if you can do that, if you can drill in deep and figure it out, you can you can stay the line, you can stay the path and you can do things. And that is a joy to be at that, in that place. Yeah. And it's, you know, I, I was planning to kind of end on this thought, but I think it's so relevant now, which is I've had this realization that the self is the most important thing and that you, you can't control your circumstances you know you can you can say I you know I live in a nice house I like my job I like my friends um those are circumstances but tragedy can befall you at any moment something really really bad can happen and if you can go through that in a in a a mode of self-trust self-respect self-awareness and ultimately self-love you will be okay like that that's what it's all about for me is now I'm not, I'm not as afraid, you know, I came into this process. I remember sharing in the last episode that I had this like really like um, somewhat irrational, but somewhat rational fear of dying and, and of just a bad things happened. I had this real tendency to catastrophize. And now I have this feeling that it's just going to be okay because I'm going to be there for myself uh, you just taken me back Megan I remember you and I going through that that exactly the same thing at the same time and I think mine was brought on by I'd um I'd done a I don't know chakra tuning class and this was right as I was bumping up against the 20th anniversary of my father's death and so it was this like this really big milestone and I was I just started to process or had the realization that I've never processed the grief and was then having to move through processing the grief and some months on that then led me to this like this place of and I think it's partly to do with kids as well it's like well what happens to my kids when I'm not here anymore (laughs) but it it, my my father died when um when he was 48 Mm -hmm. and I'm 40 turned 41 this year and so it was this like the almost like you know like the sand timer it's like yes I can yes. see the sand going mm-hmm. and um oh god I'm over that like I'm gonna cry again I can see the sand going and like th- this grasping for 
I don't want to leave my kids and I don't want to miss out on things. And I've got so many more things I want to do in life. And, and, and I remember you and I going through it because like I opened as a coach, I'd opened up a bit about it. And I remember distinctly you saying, I totally understand. I know exactly what it And that as a, just as a, not as a coach, but as a human being for somebody completely outside of my stuff mm-hmm. to acknowledge that for me and to witness it for me was a huge help in me letting that go. And of course I had to work through that and yeah. it didn't happen overnight, but yeah. from something that can feel so deeply disturbing mm-hmm. to then be able to come the other side of it and, and it's not changed like I'm still gonna die folks it's gonna happen one day right but I don't have that same um like if I it, even if I try and think about it in the way that I thought about it like I don't have that same anxiety I don't have right. that same panic that I had and this is what we're talking about in terms of like, this work is worth it because you leave all the shit that you've carried around for your entire life. You just start shedding it off and yeah. you feel fucking awesome. Yep. Yeah. Literally feel lighter. You feel emotionally lighter and you don't, I mean, you know, I had shared before it was my dad died when he was 41. My brother died in 2018 when he was 41 and I turned 41 this year. So I understand that the timer with the sand and that was what was going on with me. It was like, a, you know, just I was at the absolute height of catastrophizing and and I don't do it anymore. And it's not it is somewhat about I mean, I don't have the substance anymore. Right. That was making me feel so anxious. That was creating all this cortisol and adrenaline and, and it literally making me feel anxious. But emotionally, like just trusting that I'm going to be OK and I've got myself and that. I, um, yeah, the, the, the bad things can happen, but it's going to be okay. Like it's an absolute life-changing thing because you, the, the last thing I want to do is waste this, you know, precious life worrying about dying. I mean, that's ridiculous. That's absolutely ridiculous. Like I'm so scared of losing this amazing precious life that I'm going to spend my time worrying about dying. It doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I like right around the same time as I was starting to, you know, build more self-respect, self-trust, create these boundaries was when you actually introduced us, Ellie, to um, this book, which is called Taming Your Outer Child by the lovely Susan Anderson. Highly, highly recommend. And you will see that Miss, I only ever listen to books where well, you can't see this if you're listening to the podcast, but I actually have a physical book in my hand, which hardly ever happens. Um because it does have some uh, has some journaling activities in it and stuff, but um, I think the the work that I did this year around inner child, outer child, and um, the adult, I think was some of the most life changing work that I've done. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would again highly recommend that book. I, just to give people a little bit of a, a flavour, because people have often heard about inner child, but they haven't necessarily heard about outer child um Mm -hmm. susan anderson is a massive hero of of mine her work is just unbelievable we'll drop some links to some uh youtube videos podcasts that where she's been interviewed and she she talks a lot about um abandonment and she talks about uh self-sabotaging behaviors and so this is this is right in the nub of what we're talking about here she's well she's a fascinating lady and 
that book is is definitely one for hard copy because it's it's very um, tangible. There, there are specific exercises to do, so you want it as a reference point. The the inner child, outer child, and adult self. She identifies three parts of us. The inner child is the part of us that's all about the feelings and the, the, the little innocent part of us that just wants to be loved and nurtured and cared for. There is the outer child, which is all about the behaviors. So the outer child is the self-sabotaging behaviors, the bungling, well-intended part of us that acts out in all the wrong ways. So the outer child is attempting to look after the inner child and nurture the inner child, but does it in all the wrong ways. And that's typically like over drinking, overeating, too much social media, all of those sorts of things. And then the third part, the adult self is the, it's like, I've also heard it called like the general in charge. So it's, you know, the, the, the part of us that's sitting here having this conversation now, the part that's behind our intentionality and the idea behind the journaling work is that you integrate these parts and you dialogue between these parts of yourself and um, you can move to a point where you adopt your inner child and you make promises to your inner child, a bit like I was saying earlier, I'm never going to abandon you again. Mm-hmm. And you mm-hmm. can thank the outer child for their endeavors and their hard work over the years and for getting you into all the scrapes that you got into. But you can kind of dismiss them and say, right, it's time for you to take a back seat now because the adult self is now going to take control and be in charge. That's just a, br- a really brief summary of, of what it's about. But it's I found it personally highly um, transformative. And that's why I, I use her teaching so widely in my own coaching practice, because if people are ready for it, it's it's a a really, really great thing to get into. I mean, it was so, so incredibly healing for me. Like I think about my inner child is probably about six or seven, like probably right around the time my dad died, um, you know, quite feeling quite abandoned and neglected and um, all those feelings. My outer child is probably my 15-year-old self impulsive reactive angry protective um the 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 acting out the behavior you know the the bad behavior that I've carried into adulthood looked very much like a teenager when I you know got some distance I could reflect on those different pieces and I at least you know things that are really helpful like getting a picture of you as a kid and really looking at it like thinking about embracing yourself as a child like really you know, I did some really powerful, oh God, I remember I did probably every day for a week, a visualization where I'd lay on my bed and I would think about just standing with my seven-year-old self. See, chills, chills, Mm -hmm. thinking about it. And I would picture myself standing there and, and telling her what I wanted her to know and hugging her and caring for her in the way that I care for my son. And I mean, God, it was, lots of tears you know but talk about healing like you know really being able to say look you know now I've I've got my self-respect back I I trust myself like I am a grown-up now and I'm ready to integrate all these pieces and I'm going to take care of that inner child and the outer child you can you can take a back seat now you 
you served a purpose, you're great, you're funny, <laughs> really funny, <laughs> but, <laughs> but not always that helpful. And I think that was a massive, massive part for me. And I think it doesn't, it doesn't have to be the, you know, that you had any kind of specific, again, I'll keep out underlining this, you don't have had to have had any kind of specific huge traumatic things that happened in your childhood childhood is by definition traumatic actually so I would guarantee that most people if you stand there with your six-year-old seven-year-old eight-year-old self there'll be something there'll be something there some emotion that comes up that's huge absolutely huge for me um anything else you want to cover on inner child stuff before I carry on you think that's no, I, th- I, th- I think it's a good a good yeah. depiction of it it's um yeah it's 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 wonderful work but I've We'll drop all the links for Susan Anderson because she's phenomenal, phenomenal lady. Yeah. So that led to directly and almost immediately as I started doing that work, led to self-acceptance. Like that was where acceptance came for me, where I realised, I like, how can I possibly judge this seven-year-old? How can I possibly judge this well-intentioned, scared 15-year-old? And I certainly don't judge my adult self because I'm kind of cool. And so if I'm not judging any of those three characters, if I fully integrate those three pieces of myself, how could I have anything other than self-acceptance? And that felt so good. (laughs) It felt so good to finally, that was where what was like, you can feel like I'm nudging towards that like unconditional love. Um, And Honestly, what got me there, and this is uncomfortable for some people, but the whole time that I was going through this journey, Elliot introduced us to, I mean, meditation, really, I, you know, I I started um, a practice in earnest with you, Ellie, but one of the types of meditations are meta meditations, loving kindness meditations, and you can do those to other people. They're really effective, especially if you're really pissed off at someone. Um, and you've got to deal with them. I'd say they're really, really helpful. But what we were doing a lot was meta to self. And I'm sure you have some, Ellie, that you could share links to. You can find, I mean, you can even just go on YouTube and find meta to self guided meditations. Um, but that, I think doing those meta meditations, really articulating what loving kindness um, is and really starting to internalize that, you know, getting close to like loving yourself along with um I started implementing affirmations like right around probably about three months ago but probably about um I don't know what was that six months into my journey something like that five or six months I started working with a nutrition therapist so I have came into this journey by the way one of my big goals for this year was to lose a bunch of weight um, and one of the things I did was hired a, I you know, hired a coach. Then once I was done with my coaching, I hired a nutrition therapist and she started me doing some positive aff- affirmations, things like looking in the mirror and saying, I love you. You're perfect. Talk about, tell me about them. Uh, Sam, I've heard so much about mirror you work. Get in there. It's incredible. For Have anyone holding up a book called Mirror Work by Louise Hay for anybody who's interested and, it's like you say, Megan, like affirmations are one thing, but affirmations into the mirror, they instantly is resistance. A lot of people are like, what mm-hmm. in the mirror? But the thing is, if you lean into that a bit, it's like, well, why not? Why can't, why can't we look at ourselves and tell ourselves we love ourselves? Why can't we look in the mirror and tell ourselves we accept ourselves? That resistance is where the magic is. 
and it might be fucking scary to lean in but yeah. it's amazing it's amazing so yeah i mean sorry it's just you said that and it happened to be sat in front of me because i do them every single morning so i'm gonna read it i've heard so much about it amazing. and i haven't read it and i think i would love it um but it does yeah. it feels quite not quite it feels incredibly uncomfortable at first yeah. at least it did for me but i'll tell you i realized one of the reasons i definitely wanted to mention it today is because i was doing this morning i'm a big uh, i'm a big um, peloton um enthusiast and i like their strength classes and i was doing a, a glutes and legs class and I was doing jumping squats, which I would not have been able to do a year ago. And I was Sounds doing awful. it, and I said, out, <laughs> I said out loud, I'm so strong. And then I got tears in my eyes because I thought that, like, just being able to say something positive about myself out loud, that now has become innate, that I'm speaking kindly to myself, that I'm giving myself credit. And that is all because of this journey. I mean, that, like it feels really forced at first like these affirmations and you know the 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 meta meditations are easier I think I don't think they feel as forced especially if you've got a guided meditation because it's someone else saying the words but the saying the stuff in the mirror and saying even you know doing breathing exercises and saying nice things to yourself it starts it infiltrates just the way if, if if another human if every day I called you Ellie and said I love you you're so amazing and you're so smart and I appreciate you if I did that every day you start to feel really good about yourself I mean that from another human we understand that that would permeate it does when you do it for yourself too yeah uh, the the only the only thing that I would put with that is the intention behind it is important because I've heard a lot of people get frustrated with affirmations because they flat out don't believe them. Mm. And it's when you, when you've talked, like we all have this like monologue going on in our own heads. So the way that we talk to ourselves is horrific at times. We would never talk to another human being like that. Um, But that to, to, to dislodge that is going to take, a lot of intentionality and so I think wh- whether the words come from yourself or from another person like you know if somebody's being authentic and genuine right so the important thing for yourself is that your affirmations yes they're going to fit it's going to feel uncomfortable to begin with because this is growth work but it's the intent and the authenticity behind it that is really key mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I wouldn't have been able to do it if I'd started doing affirmations in January, February, March, April, it actually probably would have been counterproductive because it would have made me feel like I was lying to myself. It wouldn't have felt good. Mm. But at the point in my journey that I started, I think I was ready because I'd already gone through some of those other pieces to where I looking in the mirror and saying, I love you. Yeah, it felt a bit weird. uncomfortable but it didn't necessarily feel as untrue as it may have done you know a year ago so yeah and I I think that like period of time like those the meta meditations the, the affirmations what they built in me is this not just compassion for myself but compassion for other people like I think I am a more compassionate forgiving kinder gentler probably version of myself because I've been able to give that to myself. 100%. I have this stranger thing happen sometimes that when I get annoyed at other people, 
-hmm. if I send myself love, suddenly I'm not annoyed at them anymore. It's, it's a straight, it's the mirror thing. It's weird. And it's like, Mm -hmm. when you love yourself, the universe loves you back. And I agree with you about the affirmation things coming at the right time. But yeah, that's a really strange pattern I started to notice is that if I ran those affirmations, if I started to send myself love when I was feeling angry at something out there, then my response to it really started to change really quite quickly in the moment. And I started to send them love too and see and send them compassion. Um, because very often, you know, we're being triggered by something in us, you know, something inside of us that we that's unhealed or whatever is being triggered by something that's so the moment we send ourselves love and send ourselves some healing, then that the force of that is reduced. That's how I and that's how I feel intuitively is what's going on anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I think it's it's amazing. But yeah, all in all in good time as well. It's like it's and so if you've tried affirmation before and you were like, oh for goodness sake, like that doesn't mean that it 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 can't be an incredible part of your journey at some yeah. point. Yeah. And I, you know, I think in the other thing, Sam, is the like <laughs> so as as I got to um, like this this point of you know going from self acceptance, I was really starting to to move into a level of self care that I had never experienced before mm-hmm. because all of this compassion and getting inching closer to the L word, um, all of a sudden I I wanted to nurture myself, nourish myself, take care of this small child inside of me. You know, I all of that really drove to gratitude. Like that was another, as well as like sending love and the positive affirmations. Once I incorporated a gratitude practice, it has, it has become my replacement. Is it an emotion? Is gratitude an emotion? Yeah, you feel gratitude. So it's my replacement or my distraction emotion from all any bad emotion. So now for me, if I'm feeling angry or I'm feeling anxious is a big one. Um, I replace it with gratitude so I I and there's a, a book the book that I read about gratitude is called the magic it's by the same author that um that did the secret which I think more people are familiar with the secret but the magic um and I incorporated some of those gratitude practices and now it's become when I start to get I mean I just did this as something happened last week that is not it is outside of my control it made me feel frustrated angry very anxious upset and what I do is when I start to fixate on that I go to gratitude I go to I'm really I'm really lucky and I'm so thankful that I have this option or that I have this on my side and as soon as I start to do that it you can feel your body in your body it feels different I referenced a book the other week called The Art of Being Brilliant. And at some point in there, one of the authors mentions how, you know, if you wake up and you're feeling a bit flat, you say to yourself, yeah, but I don't have toothache. <laughs> so I could have a toothache. It's like, Thank fuck, I don't have toothache. Like it's, it's just reframes things, you know? And I, I think this is the thing of like, you know, we don't have to end up in denial about things, um, but it's a, an amazing tool. It's an amazing yeah. reframing. It's huge. Yep. And you're resetting those neural pathways that we talk about all the time to, all right, when I feel anxious, I'm going to go to gratitude. And then the more and more you force your brain that way, your brain mm-hmm. just starts going that way by itself and you don't have to do very much. Um, so, yeah, so I think like the, just the last couple of things are, you know, like self-care, what that was for me, if you want like, like specifics, that meant things like exercise, getting good sleep, 
focusing on nourishing myself, you know, on nutrition, um, meditation. Um, you know, for me, I went and got Invisalign because my teeth have always bothered me. So I thought, right, let's take care of that. I can do that now. I'm a grown up. Um, and like the more I cared for myself, that really resulted all of that stuff resulted in this you know awakening for me about six weeks ago where I woke up in the morning and I felt like I was completely in love with myself and that gratitude practice is I think what's helping me continue that cycle between you know self-love and self-care and making sure that that I'm also continuing to regard self-awareness because we change and perspectives change. And, and I think like staying in that nice cycle of self-care, self-love, self-awareness, that's kind of where I, that's where I want to, I want to live my life. And, and all that to say like that, that was what the journey was for me all the way from, you know, creating some awareness, giving up the booze, all the way through to, you know, feeling like I really unconditionally love myself. Like that was my how that was, those were the the somewhat linear steps that I've gone through this year. So Sounds like a book to me, pal. Fair play, but you know what? I mean, it's, I, I so resonate with what you said earlier which is people screaming, how do you do it? <laughs> like, I'm like, okay, I get you, but how? And so it's so wonderful to have someone like put their you know, steps down. And, and these are fractal, for sure they are. And it's, as you say, nonlinear progress is messy, but amazing. I mean, that gave me chills the whole way through. It's made me really think to myself, wow, the layers of this and the you know the beauty of like having a cycle like that where you can then return to self-awareness with a new level of self-awareness, rebuild trust and self-respect and your boundary and like and you can just joyfully reassess where you are on the path and like go through these kind of like up levelings and these up levelings and just like there's layers to being alcohol free, there's layers to self-love, just like there's you know there's layers to the present moment and being here in the now. And in fact, I, I actually don't think it ever ends. Mm. Um, it, it's eternally deep so all of this stuff is just it, it gives me chills when you talk about that so thank you that's amazing good yeah I hope it makes sense I mean it certainly makes sense in my brain and I think the the more distance I get from you know the first definitely the first six months of this year the more things kind of become clear and uh yeah so thank you for letting me share it it's been um been lovely talking about it well, thank you for coming back and we'll we'll have to have you on in the new year in the new year to come and talk to us about yeah, check in. a Magic. year a year on from when we first met in the alcohol experiment um yep. that's gonna be cool yeah 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 well it's super thank you megan and um there were just some words the last words i just want to come back to because when we were talking about recording this this sat with me massively and you talked about like all the things that had happened to you as a child and everything Mm -hmm. that you went through and where you said that you are now is that you have the adult that you're always looking for and it's just so beautiful yeah 
being able to to tell my inner child like I'm not going to let you go hungry I'm not going to let you be neglected I think would you mind if I took one minute and just read quickly something oh yes okay all right here we go maybe this is a good way to to close out I want to just read and it is very short I promise it's a letter that I wrote to my outer child on March 23rd of this year which is the day before my birthday um so I remember the day really well so here we go Dear Outer Child, hi, I think you're very brave, bold and funny. I really appreciate how you look out for us, especially when we all left home. That was really ballsy. I left home when I was 15. So that's the the reference. I know you've been doing your best because I didn't step up. Now, bear in mind, this is from my adult self. I'm sorry. I want to step up now and take care of all of us, especially that inner child Oh, this is making me emotional. Sorry. Making me emotional. Oh, especially that inner child who I know you love so much. I've got this now. Gosh, get through it, Megan. Come on. You can take a long and overdue, not to mention well-deserved rest. Before you go and start chilling out, would you do me a solid favor? Could you please stop withholding affection when you're scared? Oh dear. Would you listen to your body and nurture it with healthy foods and exercise? (laughs) Oh, dear. (laughs) Struggling. Would you please stop believing that alcohol is a good way to soothe the inner child? Would you try and take time to respond rather than react when you are feeling judged or attacked? These changes, changes would help us greatly. My goal is to feel authentic and healthy. I want to treat my body and mind with loving kindness and compassion. I will provide foods and activities that nourish rather than harm and numb. I will be more proactive and curious in getting to the root of things and make self-care our most important priority. Love always the adult. Oh, Megan, I love it. I love it. I almost cried as well. This has been one of those teary episodes. <laughs> yeah. It's just so wonderful. Like you, It's a real... It's a real joy for me to have you here and to see the unfolding of, um, you know, your, your own path, but for you to so uh, generously share it with us yeah. and everybody that listens and, you know, there's this grows, you're going to help so many people just with your words and your experience and by being really courageous and, and showing up. Um, one of the things I learned early on in my journey was to not hide and that can be terrifying at times but it it just that that's that's where the magic comes from showing up thank Thank you for letting me share it I appreciate it thank you for coming on right I'm just going to click that square button such a meaningful conversation and uh so much just incredible ground covered and and hopefully there's some things in there that will have sparked some interest um for some of our amazing listeners um to go on this journey themselves or 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 maybe you can see yourself in a certain point of the journey and you have some more ideas and of how to sort of like 
um, move more deeply into that place where you just you know feel more self-love and feel more compassion for yourself because it's something that not a lot of us talk about it's not spoken about a lot out there um, so we feel privileged to have a container where we can uh, talk about it here okay that's it really um, please reach out let us know what you think about Megan's words we know that she will absolutely love to hear that and come and join our little Facebook group if you haven't already we're uh, we're growing and uh, you know there's loads of lovely stuff coming in there we've got some really cool things planned lots of live Q&A's um, where you can get, literally get your questions answered by me and Ellie live so uh, you know come and come and join the group and uh, come and get your questions answered have an awesome day